0: to the performers pod and it's avn week and i'm here with avn nominee roxy moth i'm so excited to talk to you welcome to the podcast i'm so happy to be here so the more i look into you i feel like we're kind of the inverse of each other because you make your entire career being a lesbian top and i make my entire life being a lesbian bottom so i'm just like so excited when i saw you you were nominated.
1: What I'm hearing is we need to work together.
0: Yeah, I mean, that there's always time for that, but you're nominated for an AVN. Is this your first year being nominated?
1: So I'm always nominated in the Fan Awards. Um, okay. I've been nominated in both the, the fan-voted uh, Favorite Trans Porn Star and Cam Star every year that I've been in the industry. Oh, nice. But this is my first time being nominated for an actual AVN by the the panel, by the judges.
0: Oh, that's amazing, congrats. Yes. So how many years have you been nominated now? Did you get um, a chance to do a whole real life one or has it all been online?
1: So my very first year in the industry, I did get to go. Um, and they put me on the cam girl carpet because I wasn't a real performer yet because I only had the fan voted ones. I'm actually really sad. I won't, there, there's no in-person show this year because I might get to actually, actually be part of it.
0: that's so exciting so what are you nominated for this year
1: um so I'm nominated for trans performer of the year that's huge (laughs) my my self-produced movie femme top two is nominated for best BDSM movie or limited series
0: fuck yeah I had a trans um nominated film last year for that that's all yeah. yeah oh my god okay I didn't even know that that's so badass yeah. So, so that's
1: up for best BDSM movie and also most outrageous sex scene for the third scene of that movie, um, which I'm going to be real. I think we have the most outrageous scene on that list. I looked at those nominees, but um, I'm, I'm super excited for that. And also um, I, one of the movies that I starred in is nominated for uh, most clever title as well. I played the title character in The Handjobs Tale by Nerds of <laughs> Porn.
0: So how many AVNs are you nominated for? Uh, four. I guess Girl.
1: three but The uh, the Handjobs Tale I'm claiming that one because I played the title. You're character. in it.
0: You're in it. You're in it. If you're in it you're like included. Because so, at the Grammys if you're in something you're in it. So yeah. like,
1: so I'm including so so those four and then also the the two fan voted ones. So I guess six total.
0: Oh my god, that's like fucking impressive. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's it has to be so weird with it being in the middle of all this. But I feel I don't yeah, know. I've I, been up for performer the year before and when they like are reading everyone's name and it's like in front of that whole ass full thing. For me, I was just like, it can't be. I'm not mentally prepared for this.
1: Yeah, I'm, used to, poems. Being, I'm used to being in the categories <laughs> that they don't even read the names for.
0: Yeah, know? that's very relatable. And then it happens for real and then it's just like, really changes it. Yeah. So where are you doing porn out of?
1: Um, I'm currently based out of Las Vegas. I've lived here for the last two years. Um, and before that I lived in Atlanta.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's really cool. So has like the jump. So your entire jump to Vegas has been during the pandemic, then essentially, right?
1: I moved to Vegas in January of 2020. So I moved like a few weeks before that. So like N.
0: the last, yeah, yeah, I got like the last a month normal of event shooting
1: and then COVID hit. It.
0: That's crazy. So What kind of were your biggest challenges this year shooting in the middle of a pandemic? Like my, I've only been on two sets in the last, since the pandemic started, like, were you just finding a way to get it done essentially?
1: Um, yeah, so I've been being bad and I have actually been shooting during the pandemic. I do, um, I mean, everyone's required to be COVID tested kind of by the nature of how the industry is running through things. So I'm trying to just keep shooting through it because I'm not really in a position to not work. You know, I got to make money. I got to pay my bills. Yeah, I mean,
0: Um, you moved across country. I would assume you moved to Vegas for porn, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the
1: entire reason I moved here. And I moved here under the assumption that once I got here, I'd get enough work to cover the extra expenses. And then everything shut down. Um, so I've kind of just had to work through it and I've gotten so much more work since I've been here. So I definitely made the right call moving, but um, you know, the first few months of the pandemic, especially, I just wasn't doing anything. I stayed at yeah. home and just didn't even leave the house.
0: Yeah. I feel like it was just so much. Everyone was just like, well, indefinitely, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Maybe it's just going to return because of, oh, they're going to figure it out or something. Just truly, like, that AVN week in 2020, did you do many of the events? It just felt so normal.
1: I went to the AVN convention long enough to do my signing at a booth, and that's it. And I, other than that, I was like, I don't want to get the flu Um, I wasn't even thinking about COVID because this was pre- Oh, avian
0: flu, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I was, I like had a bunch of major shoots coming up. So I'm like, I'm not going to get the flu. I'm just going to go to my shoots. And I was shooting like two or three scenes a day that whole week. So that took up all my time.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's really what Avian has turned into now. Um, When did you enter this industry?
1: Uh, I've been in the industry for a little over three years now. Okay. Um, My first pro shoot was uh, three years ago, December.
0: Okay yeah when I my first AVN I think was 2015 and at that time it was still all studio based so like barely anyone was shooting on their own I feel like the last few AVNs they're doing what most people are doing what you're doing where you're trying to get three or four shoots during that week you know yeah and people just come in just for that like it's just so different now
1: you know I like I said that whole week like I was shooting sometimes three scenes a day of and, and they're all scenes wow. of me topping, by the way. So I was just exhausted by the end of it. And then at the very end of that week, I shot a scene for kink.com. Um, and that was part of why I was like, I don't want to get the flu. I've got all these big shoots. Mm-hmm. I don't want to blow it. Um, so I just didn't bother with the convention.
0: And That's, yeah, I don't know. I just felt so, it just felt so far away, like the whole COVID thing that I just, it wasn't even on my mind at all.
1: Yeah. Um, I got COVID really early on in the pandemic too. I got it like that March. Um, so after that, I was like, okay, I lived through it once. Like, let's just get back to work as best we can. And um, yeah, and, and I, I'll say the biggest thing that's changed because of COVID is I feel like I get a lot less mainstream work now. Like mm. the most of the mainstream companies that I was shooting for on a regular basis have like really scaled back production due to COVID. For sure. Um, so I feel like I, it's kind of forced me to do more self-production, um, which is part of why I ended up launching Femtop when I did.
0: But like, see, I, I've, I've really become an AVN nerd over the years and just really realizing how much it really paints a picture of our industry um, over literally 39 years. Yeah. And there's not very many things like that in the world that takes any sort of medium and takes it that seriously. That you moved during, right before a pandemic, went through all that stuff, lost mainstream work, and then started producing your own stuff. And now that's up for best BDSM film. That's a fucking storyline. I that's know. That's amazing.
1: I, I, I feel like this year has probably been like, one of my weaker years in terms of mainstream work so I was really surprised when I got all the nominations and you know it's again it's I'm pretty sure mostly just because of of the BDSM site that I I started so it's been really nice um and it's been kind of validating that you know there are people out there who support and believe in what I do
0: yeah definitely I mean this. honestly a huge year for you and it has to be just so motivating going into this whole ABN season even though it's solely online and obviously the celebrations probably be very different than if it was a normal year but like yeah yeah do you have any plans to watch it with people or any like Um, watch party things I don't usually do a lot of like watch party
1: stuff I would be down to I just like don't have a lot of people that I would invite over for it Mm. um you know, a lot of my friends in the industry are, are kind of also not really doing much at the moment due to COVID. So.
0: Yeah. So how do you, you look at like everything going forward? Are you, do you feel like you just want to more continue doing self-production after getting all this recognition or do you, are you still actively seeking out mainstream stuff?
1: I mean, I'm always happy when I get mainstream work. Um, you know, cause when I'm self-producing, I have to stick to like one specific brand and one specific style of, of shooting for my sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like getting to mix it up and, and work for other people. And I, I like the extra like kind of eyes and attention that the mainstream work gets and the, the upfront paycheck is nice too. So anytime I can get mainstream work, I'm always going to take it. Um, yeah. But I feel like I'm at a point where I don't I don't really have to stress as much about who's booking me and who's not anymore, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's such a relief when you realize you're like, okay, I have my career. I know what I'm doing. I don't have to wait for an email or get freaked out because there's not an email there. I feel like the whole self-producing stuff just really changed your outlook on the industry. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's definitely been a factor. Um, Like I said, I'm just not really stressing anymore about like, who's going to book me and who's not because if they book me great if not I'll just use that time to shoot my own stuff and it'll be just as good
0: yeah and I also feel like when you're self-producing I just feel like yourself comes out more where yeah. with mainstream you're still going through whoever's filter um I did like some mainstream transform stuff and they like edited all my tattoos out and I'm like this is a great <laughs> cover but I'm like that's not how I look like as a person so there's, uh, I,
1: th- there's a couple of scenes where like I didn't even hardly recognize myself because they like airbrushed my face so much. Oh my
0: god I hate that that's so crazy when you first get those photos from like a mainstream transport company at least I did and then it was like so airbrushed I'm like who who is that I don't know who that is at all. <laughs> so what's um like stuff got you inspired to get in the industry and Kind of what porn are you watching that influence you to produce what you're producing?
1: Um, so as a teenager, I was always really interested in porn. You know, I grew up in a really conservative household. So like, I know you're not supposed to say this, but porn kind of like helped me discover myself sexually.
0: Yeah. Um, in so a way. You're from Georgia originally, or were you yeah. from
1: somewhere else? Okay. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Georgia. I grew up uh, a little bit north of Atlanta in a oh, town really? called yeah, Holly Springs. Cool.
0: Yeah, my um, roommate's actually from northern, like, Atlanta area as well, like, yeah. the suburbs. Yeah,
1: a little town called Holly Springs. Um And, you know, my family is very religious, um, you know, Baptists, like... So for me growing up, I kind of, you know, the way I've, I've sort of discovered myself was through porn. Um, and, you know, I kind of grew up watching, like... You know, kink.com, like Electra Sluts, Public Disgrace, mm, yeah. um, like Evil Angel, like harder yeah. stuff.
0: Can we have a moment to talk about how great Princess Donna was for Public Disgrace? It's just yes. like some of the best fucking porn. I met her once and I'm just like, thank you so much. I wouldn't have my sexuality if I didn't see that shit. It's just so intense.
1: My, my first time shooting for kink.com is one of the only two times I've ever been nervous for a scene.
0: Yeah. it was to... my first
1: time bottoming.
0: Did you get to um shoot at the armory before it closed? No, no, no. That,
1: it closed like a year or two before I got in the industry. I yeah, I,
0: I used to work there. It's it's a wild just experience that like going to work is going to a castle every day. Yeah, that
1: I I wish I could have experienced that because that would have been real nice. So.
0: Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been <sure>. so cool. <laughs> but there's just so much weird stuff with it it's like hella haunted and there's like cats like so there's like cats to like control the mice and rat problem and stuff and also there's like a river that runs through the basement also it's like the most famous skate spot is out front in front of it it's just such a weird building yeah
1: yeah that that would have been really awesome like I would have loved to to experience shooting there
0: yeah, I feel like that Princess Donna era and like Bobby Star era of kink.com. That was like the shit. And then I worked there and they were both gone. And I'm just like, oh. who, who are all these other people? I was here for that. Yeah, I still so, watch a lot
1: of the same stuff I watched as a teenager too. I feel weird watching modern porn because it's all people I know.
0: My trick to that is I watch a lot of Eastern European porn. Okay. Because I'm like... I work a decent amount in Europe, but it's all Western Europe. So there's like not enough crossover. So I'm like, oh, I don't know any of these girls. And it's just like all these like really mean Eastern European doms. I'm just like so into Oh, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, when I try and watch modern porn, it's like either it's someone that I could literally like text and be like, hey, come over, let's fuck right now. And then why <laughs> would I watch their porn? Or it's someone that like doesn't like me. And oh I'm like why would yeah, i that's... watch your
0: porn you know like yeah that's the thing that ruins porn for you because like you have people in the industry who you might not get along with or whatever and yeah. then you'll be watching porn and you'll be like is that that person and then you're like i can't watch this this could be that person i have way too much of that yeah
1: but I mean, yeah, like I said, I grew up watching like kink.com and a lot of like, you know, fetish porn and harder like hardcore hard yeah. stuff. So
0: Who were some and, of your favorite then, performers?
1: Uh, some of my favorite performers growing up. I can tell you my favorite scene. There was a scene for public disgrace with Krista Chaos in it that I just oh. absolutely loved. I don't know if you've seen that one. They um they put her on the on the table and played beer pong with her face. <sighs>
0: fucking good it's it's oh. so fun I just I love yeah. that scene their shit's just so f- <sighs> yeah it's a damn shame that Princess Donna's is like doing really cool art right now I don't know if you followed their art post I don't I
1: should
0: yeah they have an Instagram account and they like just shoot all this like weird stuff around New York City with these other queers and it's really cool and stuff but I'm just like hell yeah you should just like start your own porn site and just start fucking up girls again because it's like so good yeah
1: like i'd be down to check it out though yeah
0: Yeah, you should yeah um but yeah so you saw a lot of that i also was like into like bdsm and stuff but for me i felt like there was such a disconnect because you i like never saw trans people in it at all
1: i mean neither did i i didn't grow up watching trans porn um I I discovered myself in the kink world before I discovered myself in the trans world. You know, I, like I kind of alluded to before, I didn't have like the best upbringing. So when I got to college, that was like the first time I was ever allowed to like live my life in any Mm. way. So um, my freshman year of college, I started dating someone who uh, actually worked as a pro dom and was like, just really talented and amazing. Awesome. And that was my introduction. (laughs) That was my introduction to the kink scene. And then through the kink scene, I kind of found my way into into like the queer scene Mm. through through a little back door.
0: Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I came out, I was one of those people who came out, I think I was like 13 years old or some shit and like ordered illegal hormones to take in high school and stuff. I don't know if you knew but you could just order them off like random sites online i've, and I've had show to do up. that a few times yeah and i couldn't get
1: my prescription filled
0: yes yeah, so i was like doing that in high school and i just thought i i just never cared about sex but i had all these like crazy bdsm fetishes yeah and i had no idea that what they were until i was on like myspace and i saw like a girl in a dog cage i was like oh shit, this is connecting with me for a reason really hard Did you kind of have that too, or were you fairly like sexual before then, like fairly? I
1: didn't. I I didn't lose my virginity till I was eighteen. I was again very conservative uh, as a high schooler, so um, I didn't have a lot of sexual experience outside of just like what I could explore on my own solo. So I knew I was into a lot of like pain stuff, just because like that's what I enjoyed when I was you know masturbating or whatever, but. I I, couldn't, I never had the experience of, like, actually interacting with other people and, and having, like, kinky sex with someone else.
0: Mine was, like, the opposite. I, like, always hated girls. And I was always out since I was, like, 13. So, like, I think I lost my virginity at, like, 15 or 16. But I never masturbated until I was 18. I just had, like, no interest in it. Just, like, why would I do that? It just never even, like, crossed my mind. I was a horny kid.
1: I I, I masturbated
0: a lot. I I probably would have been happier if I did. If I would have found weed and masturbation in high school, I feel like so many of my problems would have been so much easier. I would have been in way less worse bands and, like, did that whole thing. So did you start making porn in Georgia and you were, like, coming out to the West Coast a bunch or... Yeah. So
1: my first year in the industry, I was shooting in Georgia and it got to a point by the end of that year that I was flying out to the West coast, like every month, you know, mm. like clockwork and I would be flying out to Vegas or I'd be flying to LA or San Francisco or wherever. And I figured I should just be there. You know, the, the rent in Vegas and the rent in Atlanta are not even that different. So yeah. I was like, I should just move there. It's Basically the same cost of living, but I don't have to travel all the time.
0: Yeah, that has to be a nice thing where it's not a huge comparison. I moved from this small town in Michigan to San Francisco, which is like the most expensive fucking place in the world. Just so wild how that changes where I'm like, oh, I have a shoot. This pays for three months of rent. Now it's like this is half a rent. (laughs) It's such a drastic change. Um, Yeah, I, I don't
1: envy you Californians in that regard
0: yeah it's i don't i don't even know anymore because we can't really even do anything right now so it's like at least i live near a dungeon so i'm like okay i hypothetically can go to the dungeon in 30 minutes at any time so that is like the doesn't have
1: vegas doesn't have a lot of dungeons
0: i hear it's like a thing like there's some sort of like anti-bdsm law Someone was telling me that. Yeah. I so I true. don't know
1: if this is actually like true, but this is what I've been told. Is <laughs> this that... is
0: like the level of my podcast where we're like, it might be true. It might not be though, but we're gonna let you know. <laughs> we're gonna Joe Rogan
1: this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I from what I understand, um BDSM is actually just considered domestic violence in, in Vegas or in Nevada under some <laughs> law. So fucking crazy. So like anything you do can be considered you can be prosecuted for and anyone who runs a dungeon is like liable for that. So just no one has dungeons. So like there's little fetish parties and stuff, but they're all just like run out of someone's house, you know. Yeah, and we have like one swingers club and that's it.
0: That's so disappointing. Yeah. yeah. we have like a I think we have like three or four here, three or four dungeons. There's one really good one in East Oakland that we've been running um, a BDSM collective out of. And it's just so great just going in there and just shooting all femmes and just being like, okay, four hours later, we have a movie done. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like for at least me finding BDSM porn and being able to be like, oh, shit, I can actually get recognized for this. It was just such a mind-blowing thing because I feel like, I don't know if you have the same feeling as a trans woman, you're so put in this thing of like, you're trans, this is your one category. This is all you can ever get.
1: Right, like again, that's part again, that's why I started Femtop was because with the mainstream stuff, it's like they see transness as the fetish, so they Mm. don't want to add any more fetishes to it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, honestly, when I first started working at the Armory, I was like, oh, you should shoot trans bottoms. And they're like, no, that's way too out there. No one would ever want any of that. And, and it's, it's just like, so wild. Just yeah, a huge thing. It's just a normal thing now. It's just like, there's so much of, I feel like what trans people can do in porn, I just think has changed so much over the last few years. Like, yeah, I think you're genuinely having stuff be as mainstream as it can get where you're having like, Trans people being in whatever category, essentially, like, yeah. I don't think there's gonna be a female performer of the year who's trans, because I think the industry would probably shit itself.
1: Yeah, I don't think they would be okay with that. I wish they would. I think that'd be really cool.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, maybe sometimes some stealth trans women for the vagina.
1: Maybe yeah, the so Riley I mean,
0: Reid is going to come out and suffice all of us and just be like... Reveal that she's post-op. Yeah, that would be terrific. I'd be
1: down. I I would be all about... Like, that would be so cool.
0: Yeah. That now you know, got me thinking about that. Do you know about Drew DeVoe's work? No. So she's a trans woman who performed in lesbian porn. And basically, um, she got nominated for a scene with Sin Sage. And the director, who I had on this podcast, just didn't realize she was trans, so she got an AVN nomination for best lesbian movie with a trans woman on the cover. Okay, let's right? Go. Isn't that badass? And this wasn't like 2011. That's incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. I that's highly like suggest boundary breaking. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I highly suggest looking like, up Drew Devoe. Definitely, like in the whole more queer porn world than the um, mainstream porn world, but yeah I definitely feel you I just like I knew of some trans porn stars always but the porn I got into wasn't really that it was like Sasha Gray's porn was really big for me because oh, I love like, Sasha Gray back, I'm actually back wearing a Sasha a Gray teenager. t-shirt right now as you can see <laughs> I did see that yeah endless fangirl I have way too much Sasha Gray merch but just seeing like that there's performers that could really push themselves and do interesting things and do hardcore things that I wanted to do. Yeah. still be like active in industry politics and just like having a voice. That's what really changed it for me. But that's not trying to disrespecting the trans women who were making stuff before. It's just like none of that seemed like it was actually for other trans people, you know?
1: I kind of feel like I'm only just now allowed to have a voice in a way. Like the first couple of years of my career, you know, I, I didn't want to like be too open and, and too forward about anything. Cause I was like, I can't risk not getting work. I can't risk killing my career. But at this point I'm doing so much self-production that it's like, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. And yeah. that's been really
0: freeing. So, so what controversial thing do you want to say? on the pod- <laughs> you don't actually have to say something, but if you want to, you I don't, don't have really anything to. to say right now.
1: That's the problem. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think like, what could I start? What, what, what beef could I start right now, right here? But I, mean, I, I, I want to be nice to people. Yeah. You know, I don't want to start shit for no reason.
0: Yeah. I think when it's the right fight, you'll know what it's for. And yeah. all of that, you know? Yeah. So how when did you kind of realize that this was more than just doing a few scenes like was it really your move to Vegas that really cemented it where you're like I'm all in on porn now
1: so I always kind of wanted to do porn you know when mm-hmm. I was when I was watching porn as a teenager I would also like read interviews with the performers and I would always kind of think in the back of my mind man if I was a girl I could totally do that, <laughs> like, I could that totally that's how you that. become
0: a trans porn star where you're like oh. That girl looks like she's having fun. If I was that girl, I would have fun too. Yeah. And then so I you're... was like, oh, I
1: could totally do those. Like all these extreme scenes that like these other girls are like, I could totally yeah. do that. I'd be down. And Fuck yeah. Then one day I realized, wait a minute, why Why don't I just do that? <laughs> and so um, I had already kind of cammed a little bit sort of as an amateur thing mm-hmm. before I started shooting pro stuff and i actually shot my first pro scene the day i graduated college oh wow you know i i i said this before on another podcast but i drove straight from my college graduation to a friend's house jumped in the shower (laughs) and then drove to the hotel for the shoot and i did my makeup (laughs) in the hotel bathroom like lobby bathroom (laughs) um you know and so basically the moment I graduated college is when I committed myself to like, okay, we're doing this full time. You know, I I started camming like really, really consistently and did that for about two years while I was establishing myself as a performer. So.
0: The cam girl pipeline to porn is so good though. Like I have so many performers on like that. It really prepares you.
1: You know, when I was first starting out, I wasn't getting paid work because I lived in, in Georgia Yeah. So I would just cam to fill in the gaps and, you know, get my name out there and build my following that way. So by the time, you know, I got my career off the ground, I didn't really need camming anymore. But, um, and now I don't even feel like I'd have time. Like, I want to go back to camming. I just don't have the time for it. But yeah, I basically, from the moment I started shooting, I kind of knew like, this is what I'm going to do because I had always wanted to do it anyway. And I just was waiting for the opportunity to come up.
0: It's so amazing that you've just like, really just had that straight vision. And it's obviously worked out. I mean, look at where you are this year, like six AVN nominations in a year. That's some rarefied air. There's not very many people that can say that. I know. I'm, if I
1: win an AVN, I'm gonna be super extra about it this year. This is this is the this is me being more forward. Okay. So when you Google alumni from my college, one of the first names that comes up is a porn star who has been who is retired May now, I ask but, what
0: college.
1: Um I I don't want to say yet. If I win okay. something, I'm gonna say and I'll get to that. But she, she is retired now, but she was. Can, only can you ever- tell me
0: the mascot of your college? she was only nominated for one (laughs)
1: avn and it was like best new starlet or whatever and so i'm like if i win something they have no excuse not to put me on the alumni list like i should be next to
0: her right i mean hypothetically i don't know transphobia though (laughs) like right
1: i I know but I should be be.
0: i should be like
1: come on you know
0: yeah who's the most famous person from your college if or I answer that, that they're gonna,
1: if I answer that it's going to give it away.
0: Okay. I mean, I know of it's probably one of the two big colleges in that state I would imagine.
1: Uh, there's like four. Like Oh, okay. Reasonably competitive colleges. Um but... <laughs> It's okay. You
0: don't have to name your college. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll go ahead
1: and say it. I went to Kennesaw State, which oh, okay. at the time was actually the second biggest college in Georgia. Really? Um, okay. I don't know if it
0: still is. I, um, I was just assuming it had to be Georgia or Georgia Tech. And I'm like, Georgia, no, those are the they'll take everyone. win. I'm like, they'll take any win right now. You and Stenson have been on a float together if you win an AVN. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Tell, tell Kennesaw State they need to put me on the notable alumni list next to Ryan Seacrest oh ryan seacrest ryan fucking seacrest he's he's like the him and the um extreme makeover home edition guy ty what's his face oh that guy those are like the only two celebrities that went to the went to ksu and i'm like my name should be like right below them
0: yeah i went to community college i don't think they keep track any grand rapids community college raiders out there let me know let me know who's the biggest star yeah (laughs)
1: I I miss I miss college college was fun I don't miss you know spending money on it but college was
0: fun yeah I went to my first porn screening in college and then started doing yeah I was like in a dorm room I was a cam girl who wasn't even going to school who was like living on campus camming (laughs) and then it was just like oh I guess I'm gonna get into porn now I think,
1: I I think most of the people I knew from college are like aware of what I do now. Mm. Cause like most of them just like follow me on social media at Mm. this point. So I guess it's, I I can be open about it at at this point in my career.
0: Have you uh, had the opportunity to like win any awards where everyone's like, oh, I know her and shit now. I haven't won anything yet. That's the problem. That's why I'm
1: not on the alumni list. If I win something, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to add my college on Twitter and be like, Hey, add me to the alumni list.
0: How much do I have to pay? Like one win changes the perspective on everything, you know, because your whole family views you as, Oh, you went off somewhere. You became successful. No matter the trophy. Yeah. I won a camming trophy. um, I think it was in November. I had my grandma calling me crying, being like, I'm so proud of you. Sweetie
1: i'm just like everyone
0: was against sex work like three years ago and now everyone's like you did it my parents were kind of mean about
1: it um i came out to my parents about doing porn um after my first award show i was like hey so Mm. i just wanted to let you know like i've been doing this full time for a year now and i got nominated for these awards and the show (laughs) was last night like I, I just wanted to be the one to tell you before anyone else does. Cause like sooner or later it's going to come up. Yeah. And my mom was like, okay, but did you win any of them? And I'm like, no. And she's oh. like, I told you, you'd never be shit.
0: Damn. That's so mean. I guess it really is different in the South. They, they want a winner. Yeah. You know, I,
1: I, I gotta prove myself. I gotta prove that like, I'm not just a, not just a failure.
0: Damn. That's, that's deep. I yeah I feel like
1: she wasn't even mad at me for doing porn she was not mad even at mad, mad about losing. the porn thing
0: <laughs> yeah my um my partner and I've been dating for like four years and before this last award I went to her mom said to me like you have to win this I'm like what I'm like how is this pressure being put from other people who like don't even know onto you it's a really weird thing i am not the
1: arbiter of who gets which (laughs) ones i'm just happy to be nominated
0: yeah that's i mean truly though if you look at the whole bigger picture with avn though i really want to stress to everyone who's on this week i'm doing three different podcasts being straight up nominee means you're part of porn history though Right, That people can look through the history of porn since the 19, since 1983. And you're going to be in that history six times, at least just this year. Like you're part of that forever. They can't take that away from you. Like that we've all gotten to be part of this thing that has lasted straight up longer than the Olympics. There's been less Olympics than there have been AVN awards.
1: I cried when Adam called me to tell me. I didn't even check the AVN nominations list this year because I didn't know it was out. Um, and then Adam, uh, Adam Christopher, uh, producer called me and was like, Hey, are you sitting down? Cause like, you should be sitting down for this. I thought he was just going to be like, Oh, I'm coming to Vegas. Like you want to shoot while well, I'm here?" Mm. Cause that's usually why he calls me. Yeah. But um, he called he called me and was like, Hey, so I was going through the AVN nominations list and like, did you know you're on there? <laughs> And so he starts naming off all the categories. I mean, and I cried.
0: Aww, I cried thanks. on the
1: phone with him.
0: But like this shit really matters. Like there's not very many industries that you can have one night that can essentially define your career. If you win, yeah. it's going to be, oh, wow, you released this amazing film and it won this award or you had this really amazing year.
1: If, if you win, it means you know? people are still going to be talking about you years down the road. Yeah, that. you're going to yeah. have
0: that for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like, I feel like Both aspects, you have to appreciate being there. But also, the next level and the elevated level of winning, it's just like two separate things. Like, just Um, numbers wise, it's about as hard to win as an Olympic medal as it is to win an AVN. There's been less given out. It's very, very difficult. Yeah.
1: Huh. That's actually kind of insane to think about. One day I want to win one. I don't know if this is going to be the year, but, but one day I'm hoping.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think getting six, you're putting yourself in a good position. I mean, that's all you I can got, do. I got my fingers
1: crossed on this one, but um, I I was more in shock about the best BDSM film than I was about Trans
0: Performer of the Year. Um that shit makes me so fucking happy that you got nominated for that.
1: Yeah, like, I had no
0: idea there was another trans film nominated this year, and that makes me so oh yeah. happy. Yep, and
1: it's in in that category and in most outrageous, so <laughs> that's you're
0: doing the Dude, right shit
1: we shot a, a trans non-exorcism threesome
0: right I fucking about that so
1: it's me and aphrodite adams and we go to like exercise the demons from this this cis girl right and we get there and <laughs> and like the the demon starts freaking out and like the shit starts flying around the room and it's crazy and the doors are slamming and the lights are flickering and and Aphrodite's like I think we need a priest and then I whip out my cock and I'm like I am a priest and I think we should win most outrageous just for that line just
0: Just for that fucking line that's
1: so hilarious that was the most that was like the most brilliant line I've ever written and just for that line I think we should win that award
0: I I can't argue with that that's too good so what like, do you think made this year so special for you that everything really came together and you've gotten this many nominations because it sounds like you've been nominated in the past and probably but been nominated for like other awards. Yeah, yeah I mean, like this. this is like your big year, even if you don't win anything, you're hella hell of a part of the conversation this year. Yeah, and and that's
1: the crazy thing is that this is also like, I've not done much mainstream work this year. Hmm. you know like I didn't expect to get anything um and so th- the fact that I'm not only nominated but nominated like six times that's just completely insane to me and I, th- I think it's honestly just because of, of how much of a grind I've been on self-producing you know I launched femtop this year so I've I shot like 30 scenes for that and like another 40 scenes for my uh other vanilla sites Um, just self-produced. So I self-produced like 70 hardcore scenes last year.
0: During like the fucking straight up hardest time to make porn. Like that's so fucking impressive that you're found a way to consistently make this stuff and have it work, you know? Yeah, you know,
1: I was averaging more than one scene a week and I do all my own editing, all my own, you know, marketing and all that stuff. Oh my God. I even make make my own box covers. I write my own scripts. Like, so, you know, just- you know, I think that's really what it is. It's just, I think having my own site finally is like kind of the thing that's solidified me this year.
0: It feels like you, I don't know if I'm projecting on this, but it feels like you finally found like the full everything where before like your performances are this much, but now you have control of the editing. You have control of the visuals around it. You have control of all the creative stuff. It seems yeah. like you really captured what you're supposed to do.
1: I mean, production-wise, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like I have much more control. Like, I, you know, I was always self-producing stuff for, like, my clip stores and all of that. But it's just, like, having, like, a brand that I can point to as, mm. like, this is my thing, right? This is something that I can do better than almost anyone else in Transporn. Um, and, and I have a whole site dedicated to it. And I've shot other models for it. And it's this whole thing that I've been producing for. And, and filming and just having that I think is something that has, has kind of drawn a little more attention to what I do
0: that's so awesome and sustainable I mean it sounds like even at yeah. this level you're shooting with all the other shit going on like yeah and you once know, stuff sells down I mean I can't imagine how much you're gonna really hit your stride yeah I'm really hoping for that I got
1: new boobs this year too oh great. (laughs) So I found time to do that. Um, So yeah, once things calm down, I'm going to be like Roxy 2.0. I'm (laughs) so excited for that.
0: That's so amazing that you're just like finding all this stuff. And I feel like really getting into your stride going into this really big award show that kind of either way, it sounds like you're really in a place that the next two to three years, you're going to see a lot of really positive things. I really hope
1: that's the case. Um, My next big step is to, you know, finally be able to set up my own dedicated studio space. I've been having to rent space out whenever I shoot or like, you know, redecorate my whole living room. And I just wanna have like a dedicated dungeon space for soon. so so that's next on my to-do list.
0: Yeah, it's so nice just having a room, even in your house that's just solely for porn shit. It's just so great.
1: I own all the equipment to set up my own dungeon. I just live with a roommate. Oh. So I can't like set up a dungeon in the living room because
0: my roommate lives here too. Yeah. And she wants there to be a couch and a TV. I mean, I, I can understand so, as, a, as a roommate, I can understand that a little bit.
1: So that's kind of my next big goal is just to do that. And I actually am moving into a new place next month. So hopefully oh, once wow. I do that, I'll be able to finally set everything up and, i'm just so excited for for everything that's coming down the line and all the amazing models i've gotten to work with and that i'm still planning to work with
0: so i really
1: and i didn't even just push myself as a producer this year i pushed myself as a performer too i shot so much stuff that like i never dreamed
0: i'd get the chance to shoot i mean it sounds like you're really about the medium like you actually just genuinely love making bdsm porn
1: i do is that pretty real not even necessarily just BDSM porn. I just like making like hard, extreme porn in general. You know, I shot mm. my first gangbang a few weeks ago. Aw. Um, and it was, it was all cis lesbians with strap-ons.
0: Oh my God, that's great. So, How many people was it?
1: Uh, five. And oh, they were nice. all incredible. And I shot, not only did I shoot my first gangbang, but also my first double anal, first time being fisted on camera. Um, nice. I've fisted myself before, but I've never, you know, had someone else fist me. So I just knocked out like all the firsts and you know all the crazy BDSM stuff I've gotten to try for Fentop. Yeah, what's your what's simple. your
0: take on gangbang gang bang for the first time? How did you feel going into that? Uh nervous. Uh, yeah. It's but, very nerve-wracking when you're like on the way to your gangbang and you're like shit. The the thing I <laughs> was nervous me. about
1: was not like am I going to be able to do this? Cause like, I'm really good about staying on my anal training. So I know like mm. my ass is going to be able to handle it. That's not the the question. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, is my stomach going to cooperate? You know, oh. like it's kind of gross, but like, that was the thing that was in the back of my mind. It's like, you know, there's always like that 2% chance that like something goes wrong and, and something happens, you know?
0: but like I don't know I think that's a good thing about extreme porn sometimes like if you vomit it's it's yeah. part of it it's okay like yeah it was just like I, I did
1: I, I do so much fasting for that stuff when I'm shooting yeah. like extreme anal um, yeah I so do I, just,
0: I, I have eaten. this like do you ever um what I always do is I drink all the clear Gatorade have you ever I have done that? not
1: tried that I have tried the gummy bear uh trick and that like Kind of works for me, but usually I just try to like live on fruits and fruits and gummy bears and not eat much if I can.
0: Yeah. What I do is I just drink a bunch of clear Gatorade because I had another shoot that I was still pretty early in the industry. It was maybe a year in. It was this BDSM scene. I was getting face fucked in the kitchen and I drank like, do you know those bright green Gatorades?
1: Ooh. So,
0: it was like my two best friends were the videographers for it, um, Courtney Trouble and um, Asia Porn, who now works for Crash Pad Series, and they were shooting it. So I'm like, OK, this is going to be great. So the guy was fucking my throat. Jade Phillips is the performer's name. And they were like using the sprayer thing from the kitchen to spray me while, when, they were, when I was sucking their dick. But I started vomiting and it was like all bright green. So everyone on set's, like freaking out because they thought it was like bile or something crazy. <laughs> No. So after that, I'm like, oh, I can just drink clear Gatorade. I have
1: never thrown up on set.
0: And oh, really? Yep. I guess really. you are a top, though. Mostly a top. I do
1: bottom. Um, I just haven't done much of it recently.
0: I'm like, most scenes, I'm like, if I'm not crying or vomiting, I'm usually not performing. That.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I typically am topping. I, 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 I'm trying to bottom more, though. I, I owe it to the fans. owe it to the people.
0: Yeah. I mean, just that there's more like trans BDSM existing. It's just such a great thing. So when yeah. I started, there was no other person making really anything other than like very cis-centric. That's like, okay, you're going to top a cis man and this is going to be the scene. You need to trick them into believing that you're something else. I'm just like, oh, that's great. No, I've I don't want that, that. before. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, yeah I'm very happy being a sub that I've never been put in that role so I guess that's the positive thing
1: I've shot like two boy girl scenes in the last year I've gotten to a point where I basically just and I've told uh, uh, male talent that have hit me up this recently um, I I only shoot with male talent if it's paid work at this point
0: same yeah
1: Um, like I I like shooting with male talent it's just like why would I shoot with someone that's not going to like draw more eyes to what I'm doing yeah. You know, I want to shoot feel with that. I want to shoot with models that are going to like gravitate toward what I'm doing. And so I try to shoot mostly with and your stuff is,
0: is very gay. Yes, it is. Like it's very lesbian. Right. And
1: so if I put if I put straight porn in my clip stores, no one's going to buy it. But if I put it on, you know, Evil Angel or whatever, someone's going to buy it. Mm. Right. Then people are going to be into it because that's what they're there to see. That's not what my clip store fans are there to see.
0: Yeah, they're there to see, like, the DIY queer underground weird yeah. stuff, yeah. which you should keep making more of. Like, oh, I yeah. truly believe, like, the kind of porn that trans women are making right now that's, like, all about <clears throat> queer stuff and lesbian stuff and BDSM. Like, there's gonna be a day where critics don't give a fuck, and I hope everyone just keeps making it. Because I think it's just so important to our community. That I've got so can look much up stuff transform. I want to
1: shoot. I've got so much stuff that I'm like, you know, what, I'm I'm so excited to shoot it this year once the the opportunity comes up. I got a fur suit finally last year. Oh, you're
0: you're all, you're a furry person. I,
1: I've only <laughs> shot one scene with it so far, and I've had it for like almost a year now. And I'm I'm like I want to make more of that. I want to get really weird. <laughs> Like, how weird can we go? Let's do See, this.
0: See, that's like the furry shit. I just don't fully under, like, I don't fully get it. Like, I've done so many, like, crazy weird taboo fetishes, like...
1: So, up until about two years ago, I never thought I would own a fursuit. Um, I, I I, always <laughs> told myself, you know, I'm never going to own a fursuit. Um, you know, you get into furry because, for one of two reasons, either you you find furry porn on deviant art and you think wow this is kind of hot or you do <laughs> what i did and you just like watch a lot of anime or like oh, disney movies that's where it got yeah like, and you're like oh i kind of like these characters and then you realize there's a whole community of people that like those characters and so just like any other kind of nerd culture you just slowly get into it through that and the furry fandom has always just been so welcoming to me as a trans person and and as a porn person so over time, I just That's really, really grew to
0: love them. I, I can get that sense of community. Yeah, now I have to fur Aw. I have this really weird furry fact. I don't know much about the furry community, but I was listening to another podcast. Weirdly, it's a college football podcast, but it came up somehow. You know, Tony the Tiger no longer has a Twitter because furries were demanding to see his feet. You do know about
1: this? I know about this. <laughs> I know about the all the furries uh, making jokes about Daddy Tony on Twitter. I, mean, I, I know about
0: this. It makes sense, though. It does. Like, if you're going to fuck a cartoon tiger.
1: Um, When the World Cup was in Moscow uh, a couple of years ago, I was actually there for it.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: And the mascot for the World Cup was a furry. It's a little dog named Zabivaka.
0: Oh, yeah, so I think I, I remember a, it.
1: I, I bought a, a little Zabivaka figure in a mug. I love just furry in unexpected places. That's like my favorite trope.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that enters the conversation that I've had at many sporting events. Are furry are mascots furries, or are all ma- Wait, no, are all furries into mascots, and are all mascots furries?
1: I feel like to some furries, they probably look at mascot costumes as like, like you know, amateur shit. Like,
0: oh, but this is- how dare you call? Gradient amateur. (laughs) Like, look at the man.
1: But I don't know. Like, I always liked mascot costumes. Even when I was in, like, you know, even when I was a kid, you know, I'd always get so hyped for like my high school mascot. And what was your mascot? Um, I don't want to talk about my high school, but my college mascot was uh we were the owls. We were the Kennesaw State Owls. And so we had a we had a mascot named Scrappy the Owl, and he was just this owl that was like black with gold feathers. And oh, it was, he was so cool. And just watching him like dance around was always so hype. <laughs> he, he marched with us in the Pride Parade one year in Atlanta Pride. And just, I love Scrappy. He's so good. I, that's I love a,
0: That's a good name for a mascot. I do have to. Right.
1: Say. Right. And there's an actual Scrappy the Owl now too, apparently.
0: I really like, um, There's one. Do you know the um, University of Syracuse? I've
1: heard of them. I I don't follow enough college sports to know. So it's just a
0: giant, like, orange dot that is alive. (laughs) I love it. It's just the most bizarre thing because they're just the orange. So it's just like an orange ball. It's not an orange, it's just an orange ball.
1: There's a in Japan, it's like a thing that a lot of companies or like towns have yeah. their own mascots. And there's one that I really like. He's a he, he's the mascot of like an apple orchard in some little province of Japan. And he's an apple that was possessed by the spirit of a cat. So he has like cat ears <laughs> and he plays heavy metal on the drums. And so his whole thing is like, he shows up to like various events and just like plays fucking blast beats. In that's so costume. badass it's so cool
0: have you had a chance to go to Japan and do like their whole BDSM thing over there no I have
1: I have never shot porn outside of the country
0: oh really I was There's in Moscow so many for college. Opportunities. I studied abroad there oh wow how was that were you like um, out as gay and stuff at the time or I was I was like
1: a year into transition
0: holy shit I had to try to
1: backpass the whole time I was there but I had oh like, my god
0: oh my god that sounds so scary
1: um so the thing about russia and um is that there's a huge disconnect between the the politics of the elites in russia Mm -hmm. and the everyday people like you know the the government and the, the like the top brass of russia they hate americans they don't like gay people whatever But the everyday people, they don't actually have a problem with it, from what I could tell. Like, they didn't Mm. care. Um, Or at least if they did care, they were polite enough to not say anything. Um, So I I did not get harassed a single time in the, like, six weeks I was in Moscow.
0: Oh, that's really good. Maybe
1: if I was in a smaller city, I would have. But I feel like Moscow is such an international city at this point that, like, they're not going to try and start anything while every sports reporter on the planet is in the city.
0: Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I um One of my partners got detained in the Moscow airport before for having, um, a photo from a pride event in their bag. And they got detained, I think for like a few hours.
1: They briefly were concerned because my, um, visa photo and my ID did not look like the same person.
0: Oh, um,
1: but they, they figured it out and then apologized profusely and let me through. So they were nice while I was there. Yeah. Maybe other people have had worse experiences, but they were nice to me while I was there. And and that made me happy.
0: That's really good. Yeah. I've just Eastern Europe as a whole, anything like East of of Berlin. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I had good
1: experiences there and it, it was a good time. Um, yeah, here it's
0: huge. I hear it's like the size of New York, dude. Moscow's
1: crazy. Like, it's so huge. It's so massive, and it's it's a very like kind of stratified city too. So like, there there's a huge divide um, between like the the nice areas of Moscow and everywhere else. And being there for college, we didn't stay in the nice areas.
0: <laughs> so you were, you saw a little bit of the other side of Moscow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and we saw the nice stuff too. I mean, we were we, we went to some some viewing parties and stuff, but it was fun. I'm I'm sad I was there for college because it means I didn't get to go to um, any of the gay clubs. I really wanted to be able to say I went to a gay club in Russia.
0: That would have been so cool.
1: But my professors were like, "No, you were not going to a gay club in Moscow." I mean, <laughs> refuse to greenlight this.
0: Oh my god, that's so <laughs> intense. Yeah, I've had some fans um who like bought stuff from me in Moscow from Moscow and I'm just like how are you doing this right now? It just feels so intense to me that being in a place where like being gay or like promoting being gay is a crime. It's just so wild that there's just people who are openly queer there and buying porn and just kind of yeah. going about their lives.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that like they can just have gay clubs there and like just live and I don't know. Like, that's a level of brave that I don't think I have.
0: Yeah. I, I did I mean, it for
1: a month. And that's, I, I feel like any longer I would have been pushing
0: it. I feel like Russians are just fucking hard people. Gays, there are hard. Everyone there is just like, yeah, very, like, okay, we will go. If we get arrested, okay. <laughs> like
1: okay, it happens.
0: Yeah, right. It's just like that's not an attitude we have, I feel like in Western Europe or in the United States, where it's like, oh no, something bad's gonna go wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had a
1: good time though.
0: Um, so I have two more questions for you before um we wrap it up because you've given me so much of your time. Um so what do you think about your chances are for this next week? Like uh, when you're like just in your head alone at night, are you like, oh my God, I need to write something down in case I win. I need to do something.
1: I'm, I'm like 80% sure that I have no chance. I've I've had people tell me they think I have a chance. I don't think I have a chance um, because I know how what my previous experiences with the mainstream side of the industry have been. And generally speaking, they like don't want to acknowledge me any more than they have to. Um, but I, I've got my fingers crossed that like, maybe it could happen.
0: So do you have a speech or are you considering writing a speech? No. You, you should, you, should. you think I chance, should be, I didn't at the last award show I went to when I won. So I just went up on stage and I screamed, this is for the girls and the gays and ran off stage. There's not even so, an award show this year. But that year. you need something Wait, if you win, though, they'll try to call you. There's, like, a video call thing that happens.
1: Yeah, but if they don't have my Zoom name?
0: I mean, I guess... I'm not trying to be conspiratorial right now, but at what point do you realize you don't win an award because they didn't get your Zoom info? If everyone exactly. <laughs> Like,
1: that's, that's a little that's bit... That's why I'm like, uh,
0: <laughs> uh... I mean, it's only Monday, though. So if they send you an info... You're coming back on the podcast. You're releasing that you won before the award. <laughs>
1: I'm not leaking anything.
0: You're leaking. I, I, like I mean, it's me fine. Trouble. It will just be between all the listeners here. <laughs> but yeah, I think you should write something. Even if you win a small one. And also if you win the BDSM one, I think that means cis people can't do BDSM anymore. It's just trans people. So,
1: I mean, if I win the BDSM one, then then everyone has to like fucking bow down to me forever so that would make me very
0: happy <laughs> no i think we should just kick all the cis people out of bdsm be like just 50 like make, of that, gray. make that
1: trans category too just yeah like,
0: only trans people can be up for this no more yeah. cis bdsm not one of them <laughs> i think that's only fair yeah you know, they have so, like
1: trans performer of the year and i think this year they added like a like a non-binary performer of the year oh category. did they They called it like thespian of the year or something, which is open to all genders. So there's like straight and non-binary
0: and trans. Oh, like, yeah, I saw AVN did, I mean, no, Expos did it last year. Um, Dante Cole won.
1: It was like the all
0: around performer, which I think is a really cool idea because I do think that having all the the performers of the year, having one giant one, I think that's kind of cool. But they're going to have
1: trans performer of the year and then that, and then like trans performer of the year too right like that's what it's gonna be and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be all about it
0: yeah i mean there's also like the best new trans performer which i think so cool because like we've never had that category so never before also like just how far it's come like i think my first AVN was the third year that they actually let the trans women go on stage so, before that, like all these trans women that predated me in this industry that I don't even think I was around for had to fight AVN to even get on the stage. So, it's just like come so far so fast. I almost
1: got kicked out of AVN the one year I went.
0: What happened? I mean, my last question was you want to share your craziest AVN experience? And I think that could be it. What happened?
1: So, I've had crazier non AVN experiences, but this is probably my craziest AVN experience. So, when I showed let's, let's up. Hear it cam girl carpet at um, what year at, this was uh 2020 because it was the last year before COVID
0: what's the cam girl carpet so
1: at AVN they have the normal red carpet
0: and then they have uh, an it earlier, loops around right right
1: and then they have an earlier red carpet that's shorter and that walks like two hours before the main carpet
0: really and that's where they like put what all time
1: the, they put all the cam girls and like amateur performers
0: like and, what time
1: uh it marches at like 3 or 4 p.m like oh, it's super early
0: okay um
1: so they, they literally don't even if you're not in one of the main categories they don't even put you on the main carpet anymore they just put you in the cam girl carpet
0: weird um wait that's that's interesting i didn't ever knew that um so like are there even fans there like at the time barely
1: no oh there's like a few reporters i think i got one photo out of it
0: oh shit yeah that, and that was all I got <laughs> is that your only avian red carpet experience yep
1: that's the only one I got
0: um I so feel I, like we need to send you like red carpet for your apartment and be like put on your nicest dress and we can get a strobe light so you can get the same effect
1: so but yeah so I get there for that right and I'm like trying to find my way there because it's a massive casino it's so stressful there's
0: girls having like anxiety attacks and shit around right
1: and so i'm there i'm in my dress and this huge security guard comes over and like stops me and is like hey you can't be here and i'm like what do you mean they're like your dress i can see your nipples my dress was oh, solid yeah wow,
0: that's a thing
1: it was solid black with an opaque like skin tone layer under it but they could see the outline of my piercings through the dress, oh. they could see like the shape of my piercings, you know, because it was a tight mm-hmm. dress, right? And they were like, "You can't have that. That's that's against the rules." So I'm like, uh, "You know, well, I what do you want me to do?" And they're like, "You can't have that. You're going to get arrested. Like, we could call the police right now and have you arrested. I'm like, "Okay, what? so like, what do you want me to do?" And they're like, "You need to put pasties on. I'm like, I don't have pasties. Do you have pasties? So like, you need to put pasties on, or we're going to call the police." I'm like, "Wait, really? The the security at Hard Rock?" the security at hard rock threatened to call the police what on the me fuck? for being able to see the the shape of my nipple piercings through my dress uh and so i keep asking like look you you keep saying i need pasties i don't have them do you have them do you know where i can get them like whatever so they, so finally she opens her bag and like pulls out a stack of pasties and like size you know like here you go. Like,
0: so it's such a bizarre world is all this like really weird stuff that feels like you're just experiencing alone wherever you live is also normal they're like oh yeah we have every size pasty what size pasty are you
1: so I get the pasties right and I'm like okay so I walk off and I'm like trying to find the bathroom but I found the lineup for the carpet before I could find a bathroom because mm-hmm. I don't know where anything is at the hard rock
0: yeah. Who, who knows did where you, things are at
1: any of these casinos?
0: Was, did you have like a team with you at least helping you or were you all alone? I was all alone.
1: I was going to meet people. Um. I was supposed to meet people at lineup. Uh, so I get to lineup, right? And then I realized the security guard has followed me from one end of the casino to the other. And she pulls me out of the line and says, you need to put those pasties on. I'm like, where's a bathroom? I don't know where there's a bathroom. So she points me to the men's room. Oh. <gasps> what the fuck she points me to the men's room and as i'm going in there the, uh so, one of the guys one of the like uh, i think photographers or whatever outside is like ma'am you're going in the wrong bathroom like that's the men's room yeah whatever and the security guard's like she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing
0: what the fuck so the security at
1: the hard rock uh sent me to the men's room to put pasties on and i, I the whole time i'm just thinking like if I'm a guy, why do I need pasties? Like, do I have boy nipples or girl nipples? And so by the time I get back to lineup, my friends have already walked, and so I had to walk by myself.
0: Oh my god, I'm so fucking sorry you went through that. That's fucking horrific. Just like,
1: waiting until a few other people I knew got there, because they were walking later, and I walked with them. Uh, But I had, I, I was like, by that point, I was just like, trying to, you know, get on the carpet as best I could. Like, I was just like, uh, just do it. It's, it's stupid. Just do what they say. Don't get kicked out. You know, the award shows in like three hours. It's fine.
0: I'm like, I almost fucking want to cry for What the fuck? That like, this is like the day that you've worked so hard for to get to. That's showing all your accomplishment that you're getting misgendered by people there and that shit I'm so fucking sorry you went through that. That's so, so, so fucked up.
1: And that's why I'm so sad there's no award show this year because maybe I would have actually gotten to be on the main carpet this time.
0: I, I want to hug you so bad right now. Girl, you deserve to... I want you to win so bad now. I'm 110% in on you. Please win the BDSM category. Let's get all the cis people out of BDSM porn. You it's not just too gonna many be ours. friends in that category. I don't think I deserve it. <laughs> i think you do the
1: problem because is i know all look the at PBS your story
0: producers now i'm like look i at, want them to win look at your storyline that i started this whole thing with you moved all the way from tennessee i mean georgia georgia i'm sorry i was literally thinking georgia in my head as i said tennessee
1: there are some trans performers from tennessee that are really fucking awesome though i'll, I'll say that
0: yeah I'm I'm down that there's like this whole southern thing going on in porn I'm interviewing someone from Kentucky tomorrow who's also nominated so I'm just like it's so cool when all this like regional stuff happens everyone just thinks about porn that's Vegas or LA and that's it
1: the southern gay scene is so cool and I feel like I almost took it for granted when I lived there like Atlanta has such an awesome fucking gay scene and Vegas just doesn't really have have it like yeah Vegas is a fairly small city. There's not a lot of gay bars. I lived in a city that had a lesbian bar that had a dedicated lesbian nightclub. Do you know Same. how few cities in the US actually not very have many. a lesbian nightclub? And San I,
0: Francisco doesn't.
1: And I feel like I didn't take advantage of it. Like I went like four times.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's what's going, that's what going back home is for. And then you can really be like, oh my God, this is once, a lesbian bar I go to. COVID chills a little bit same I haven't been home in like three years it's just such a wild thing to go through this whole pandemic and
1: I went home for a convention and that's it and I literally just went to the convention and nothing else
0: but I'm so sorry you went through all that shit that's so unfair and like honestly maybe I was just naive I was like oh AVN, like that shit doesn't really happen anymore. Like I remember um, hearing like maybe five years ago that I, I don't some want some trans women were kicked out. I don't want
1: to I, I don't want people to think I have anything against AVN. Everyone no, else It's I not even AVN, AVN,
0: it's straight up the hard rock security. And hard yeah. rock doesn't exist anymore. So
1: everyone else I met at AVN was awesome. The staff made me feel super welcome, mm-hmm. you know, like I had a great time at AVN. Um and so I don't want people to think I, I made a post about this when it happened and a bunch of people started like adding AVN in the replies. And I actually deleted the post. Cause I'm like, I don't want beef with AVN over this. Like it's, it's whatever it's, it's not the end of the world and it's not even really their fault.
0: Yeah. But I think it is also good that these award shows know what's happening to performers at these events. And so they can try to make it more accessible at the same time. So final question. Let's say, Saturday night, it's it's midnight right now. award shows ending. You won six awards. What are you gonna fucking do?,
1: uh, cry a lot. um <laughs> call my mom and say I told you so <laughs> And then I don't know. uh watch some anime, probably. okay. So like cry. the Megan
0: the stallion kind of way. I, I that sounds very Megan the stallion. If, if
1: this were me two years ago, I, I would say I'm going to go to my sister's room in Atlanta and I'm going to get fucking smashed and do like seven shots of fucking like <laughs> vodka mixed with whatever whiskey and destroy vodka my Vodka mixed
0: with whiskey, fucking damn.
1: I, I was trying to think of like what's, <laughs> what's two things I can mix that don't sound like they would mix in my brain that would like make for a brutal shot. I don't know. I'm going to do a bunch of four horsemen's or whatever, um, but I quit drinking, so I can't do that. Oh, so that, that's, just stay that's home, the way to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I drank it one porn convention. I'm never doing it again. So
0: the last award show I went to, um, I was drinking whiskey to start. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll have a few whiskey. That's fine. It's an open bar. It's going to be great. And then when I won, I switched to champagne, but in my head, I'm like, it's celebration champagne. It can't hurt me. (laughs) Turns out it really does hurt you. You can't change throughout the night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I went to, uh, I I drank at one convention and I I drank for one night and the next morning I was super hungover. And that is the only scene I've ever shot where I had like real wood problems.
0: Oh, that makes and sense. So Dehydration, probably. Yeah. So I'm like, never doing
1: that again. Nope. Not happening. Um, I, I overestimated myself. I was 23. I thought like, oh, I can drink and still get hard in the mo-. No. Nope. Um, and that scene got nominated for two TEAs. Um, somehow. I don't know how it didn't deserve it. I was barely hard <laughs> for most of it.
0: Um, but I mean. I guess that's the the good thing about some minor award shows that you're like, oh, I didn't even like that scene, but that's cool. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it it ended up being fine, but, um, you know, I'm not, I I don't drink anymore. Well, Um, just period. But even, even before I quit drinking, I quit drinking at award shows.
0: Well, here's hoping that you have a night full of anime and crying and... Just kind of you taunting your mom being like, see, I told you I could do it. But thank you so much for coming on the pod. I really wish you the best luck this weekend. Like it was so great to talk to you and I love where you're coming from and definitely we'll keep eyes on you and hopefully we can get a, get you to win some awards and you to come back on and talk about it. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Roxy Moth. That's Roxy with two X's and an IE. You can also find me at femtop.xxx. That's my BDSM site. Or at roxymoth.church, where you can buy my
0: vanilla porn. Awesome. Well, bye, everyone. See you tomorrow for day two of ABN.